0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Smart Cities Chronicles podcast. My name is Adam Beck and I'm your host for the Chronicles. Uh, my day job, of course, is the Executive Director at Smart Cities Council Australia and New Zealand. Uh, and in this episode, we, uh, we're we recording our first quick take and our quick take episodes, um, uh, conversations around some sort of deep dive and technical areas, um, as you um, may have Heard from our first series of podcasts. Uh, we've been really looking at those key fundamental enabling issues for those on their smart cities journey, you know, early on. So strategy and collaboration and, and standards and standardization. Um, and uh, I want to take us on our first quick take. Uh, into the area of cyber and cyber risk and cyber security uh, because we know that is certainly a key issue and a fundamental issue to sort of the success of smart cities uh, action and investment um, it's 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 a hot topic uh, it's open to a lot of interpretation uh, and you know the, the word risk associated with cyber you know is, is very real and Today, to help me uh, unpack a little bit of that, um, I'm joined by uh, Lani Rafidi, a partner uh, with Deloitte, uh, one of our partner companies at the Smart Cities Council. He's uh, working away in the Cyber Risk and Emerging Technology Advisory, but also co-founder and CEO of of a great organization, IoT Sec Australia. Uh, Lani, thanks for joining us.
1: Adam, thank you very much to yourself and to Smart Cities Council ANZ for inviting me on to what I'm hoping will be a pretty interesting discussion. And like you said, it's a very important fundamental of any technology platform, any infrastructure platform, and even more so when you, when you put it in the context of uh, Smart Cities, because it's so complex and there's so much uh, to it.
0: Well, hopefully in the next 35 minutes, we can sort of decomplex that a little bit for our listeners. But let's, <laughs> but let's start... Uh, Let's start with a, a bit of an introduction and bio, Lani. Who are you and what do you do? Yeah. Good question, uh, Adam. So
1: uh, as you said, you, you gave a pretty good snapshot. So uh, currently I'm, I'm a partner uh, at Deloitte in a cyber risk and emerging technology practice. So essentially working with uh, clients, uh, adopting technology and doing it in a secure manner uh, with a particular interest and in focusing on uh, emerging tech uh, around IoT around and its uh, use cases and, you know, whether it's smart cities or smart buildings, we're seeing a lot of um, uh, around the, uh, you know, traditional uh, organizations like power, energy, mining, uh, oil and gas, who were sort of early adopters of the uh, IoT type um, use cases. And then even now, uh, branching off into uh, blockchain, we get a lot of uh, customers asking how, are they ha- what, in what context can it be used, you know, whether it's agriculture, whether it is uh, smart cities and, and, and some aspect of it, Uh, And then, as you said, uh, in 2016, uh, I and a group of others founded uh, an industry initiative uh, around uh, sort of promoting that secure by design uh, narrative for uh, IoT and its multiple use cases. And primarily, we were looking at uh, smart cities, uh, energy. We're looking at transport and and health. And then we do that by just going out, uh, doing running events, speaking on media. So I do a bit of uh, TV work, uh, radio work all around sort of uh, advocating and, and raising awareness around that. We're still at a very sort of nascent stage of, uh, of the whole IoT and, and smart movement, and it's all around building security into that, you know, as by design, privacy by design, which I'm sure we'll, we'll unpack.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, now thanks for that, Lani. Um, now, I'm a, I'm a cities guy. I'm not really... Um, tech guy i love tech i I know it quite well Um, but it's not it's not my field of expertise or study uh and by no means is is cyber uh and cybersecurity part of that Uh, i've dabbled in in risk uh in different forms around infrastructure projects uh and sort of corporate strategy um so in doing in doing my my uh little research uh preparing for this episode um, it was just becoming uh, such a, a a huge sort of volume of uh, of of issues and topics uh, and interconnected things items um, that was just filling my brain to try and pull apart and come up with some questions and issues i wanted to to chat with you so let let 's sort of um, so i'm a good i 'm a good subject actually in terms of being probably a, a typical listener of, of this episode uh, I want to start with sort of how do we how do we break down the beast I mean where do we start eating the elephant when it comes to to sort of you know cyber I mean if I'm you know am i the mayor sitting behind the desk thinking cyber yeah that's uh, we don't need to worry about that you know from a local government perspective I, I assume it, it it may mean different things if I'm Uh, an industrial, uh, if I'm a business running, you know, industrial manufacturing plants and I'm connecting more and more devices. Yeah. You know, that sounds like something that I need to be aware of. Where, where do we just start with the mindset around cyber, cyber attacks and, you know, are, are there different types and flavors of them? Can you give me a sense of how, how you start a conversation with someone around cyber risk?
1: And that's a, that's a great starting point, right? And, and I think the metaphor you used is actually a fantastic one. I might actually uh, take that one on about how do you break down the elephant? Because really, it, it, you know, even when you're talking cyber, it is an elephant. There are so many parts to the, to the discipline we call uh, cyber and, and cyber professionals. It is really a difficult uh, place to start in terms of, uh, you know, how do we – what context do we put it in? So usually I, I talk about what use case uh, – when you're talking cyber – Uh, What use case are you talking about? Is it cities and smart infrastructure or is it cities and privacy? Because two very different things, two very different uh, approaches. But, you know, starting with the basics, traditionalists, I've I've been in in the industry, uh, cyber security, information security for the last 21 years now, I think I was looking at it this morning, so a long time. So before even the word cyber security existed, you know, it was uh, computer security back when I started, PC security, data security, information security. All variations of a of a similar theme, and if I'm, I was to give you a traditionalist response to it, it would be basically there were, we have this thing called the the uh, the security triad triangle, basically, and, and the three sides of the triangle are the confidentiality, integrity, and availability. So it's called the the, the CIA triad. So a a cybersecurity is about, or in a cyber attack is basically anything that compromises the confidentiality, integrity, and availability of an information system, right? So when we talk about confidentiality, this is your typical data breach. When a, an attacker gets in, steals credit card records or, or records of health records, etc., exfiltrates them. So that, that is a breach of confidentiality. Uh, when we're talking integrity, it's when uh, an attacker or, or, or even internally, an internal attacker, changes the integrity of the data Fraud is a typical one where you know we, by changing a, a you know a dollar value etc. You you might be able to siphon funds uh, off if you're an attacker. The last one's availability in terms of the availability of services that a city or that a an organisation provides. And the typical the, the best example of that is a distributed denial of service. So if you deny the ability for uh, banking customers to get onto an, uh, a banking platform. Well, then you, you know, the the losses could be hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars per day, for uh, a financial services organisation. Now, for in the city's context, again, if you're denying citizens uh, access to a uh, a site to use to, you know, parking or, or whatever it is. Um, okay, it may not be hundreds or millions of dollars a day, but um, you know that is detrimental to the city uh, city's framework. So the that, that's, I guess, a, a brief on what cyber is and, and what a cyber attack would look to compromise. Now, in terms of um, narrowing it down, I, I guess, a, for me, a, a cyber attack these days is anything that can be done either now physical to compromise a, that, that CIA triad or remotely over the internet, etc.
0: So it takes, you know, sort of several different, uh, different guises. So, so, Lani, someone just before Christmas, the Christmas break mentioned to me in conversation around this um they sort of made the statement something along the lines of you know it's not uh it's not if you become subject to a cyber attack but more so when and how um and yeah. i kind of went oh yeah okay um like what what sort of you know i i know this is a serious issue and i i don't want to downplay it at all but um is it is it is sort of the, the, the pace and the rapid level and the extreme level of connectivity like genuinely putting us at real greater risk uh, day by day. Because if I look on the, the number of connected devices side of things, you know, what I see out there happening, massive uh, innovation, different types of networks being deployed day by day, uh, you know, collaborative platforms. Everyone's now connected on a collaborative platform or a piece of software. Um, is 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 the level of risk generally really extrapolating as well?
1: Look, I, I would I would say I'll answer it in two ways. I, I would say yes that that statement uh, is true. However, uh, it's not usually a statement that I or or a lot of other sort of long term security professionals like to use because it it denotes a sense of um, crisis. There's a and and again, well, I think as you know, responsible. Uh, professionals and whether you 're a business professional or technology professional you need you need to look at it in a, in a responsible manner. Yes, it is true that as we digitize as we are transforming uh, our organizations and and traditional technologies either connecting them to the internet or you know distributing um, access to a, a broader amount of people, yes, the risk of a of a breach uh, the likelihood of it rises and and that is I would say it rises exponentially to uh, the amount of access or new systems that are going online, so it's not it's not un, uncommon, right? When you when you're talking risk management, the, the metaphor I like to give is, is that of a house, right? I said if I build, if if I have someone comes to me and says, look, could you physically secure my one-bedroom apartment that has two windows, one door, and it's on the the sixth or seventh floor of the, an apartment block? Very easy to do, right? You put a good lock on the door, you might have a, a CCTV camera. That's probably about it. Versus if I'm suddenly I'm a hotel chain and I've got a hotel with you know 200 rooms with multiple number of doors, entry points that I have to allow 24/7 access to. Well, obviously the likelihood and the risk of you know uh, something happening physically rises because commensurate to the what you're trying to protect. So yes, the answer is true, but also yes, you've got to put it into uh, into context. And, and when you're talking, I think the question you asked earlier about cyber. I, I believe it boils down to, and, and I think unfortunately we've sort of lost this as the, as we've sort of, sort of become this industry called cybersecurity is sort of, uh, you know, like an avalanche. It's getting larger and larger. We've lost the, the real nuance, the fact that cyber uh, security is really about risk, is about business risk, right? And, you know, you look at things like insurance companies, they've been doing risk management, for hundreds of of years, hundreds and hundreds of years, we've got the risk management process down pat. Yes, the context changes uh, when you're talking cyber because it needs to be a lot more agile, it needs to be a lot more faster. But the way we approach it, particularly the way we, we, um, you know, discuss it at senior levels, you know, elected officials, uh, you know, CEOs, uh, CFOs of of large councils or councils, if you frame it in that business risk discussion, they understand it. You Mm. know, if you frame it within the, the business risk discussion of what it means to their citizens, well, they definitely understand it. Um, but if we approach it from that, you know, it's just a matter of uh, it's not if, but when you're going to get breached and yeah, et cetera. It unfortunately it raises a level of hysteria that that's um, not really, you know, sort of uh, conducive to, to to doing our job as profi- cyber professionals well.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think um, glad you touched on on, on risk because it's uh, you know it's a word that um uh, it is a lot more common and I think we can sort of, we've institutionalized risk and risk assessment and risk management in many industries for many years. And, of course, Lani, with, there's different levels of risk, right? There's actually, you know, acceptable mm. levels of risk. Um, but, you know, I'm sure it can be extreme at times. Um, what, what do we need to know about risk? So c- cyber risk, is cyber risk, you know, generally, anything different to the other risk management and, and assessment that we're doing within our organisations. I mean, do they do they dovetail? Is is the expertise sort of you know totally in a different realm? How do how do you how do you sort of you know work with clients you know that have sort of multiple mm-hmm. risk profiles and sectors and and is it, how does cyber sort of fit with others?
1: That, that that's a great question, right? And and I'll answer it this way: is so organisations that do cyber security and cyber risk best are organizations I find with really strong risk management culture. Uh, I generally find in the, uh, particularly those around the occupational health and safety, so mining companies, uh, banks, insurance companies with sort of strong, mature risk management culture and see cyber as just a a part of that. In my view, and and you'll get a lot of dissenters, particularly in the technology space, in my view, uh, cyber risk only differs by context. Physical risk oh is about the physical risk of you know your staff or your customers or the public general public. Uh, cyber risk is that uh, from a technology or from an IT uh, perspective. And you know these days we sort of dove, it, it's very sort of encroaching into that physical uh, space as well. But I, I find a very good risk. It's easier to teach uh, an experienced risk management uh, professional the aspects of cyber from a technical perspective than the other way around. Because unfortunately, once, you know, once you've come through uh, a technology-focused sort of cybersecurity program, um, it, it's really hard to teach you the, the, the basics of risk and approach it from a risk-based uh, perspective. Like, it's easy, like I, I find uh, people who I uh, generally hire who are technology professionals approach uh, cybersecurity by, okay, this is your problem. Here's the solution, the technology solution, silver bullet, bang, there you uh-huh. go, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Whereas I find a risk management professional will take the time to understand the context. Okay, in the city's context, the privacy aspect is a little bit different from you know the uh, the corporate aspect. And I'll give you an example. We I work with uh, a very large, southeast Queensland council on on a, a cyber risk assessment. Now, looking at their um, their uh, ERP system uh, in isolation, you would say that the risk is you know, medium, uh, in terms of if the, the confidentiality was breached in terms of their records, uh, uh, were breached or someone was able to change their records because financially, uh, you know, et cetera, HR, there, there is a medium to sort of high risk when you look, when they sort of gave us the context that actually that ERP system also holds citizen data in terms of, you know, names, addresses, you know, all that really sort of, um, sensitive data, the risk profile went, you know, out of the roof and the, um, and the the deputy mayor was like, well, this is our number one risk. You know, it was at rank of you know sort of medium previously, but as soon as the we found out that it held citizen data, the, the you know the risk profile changed completely, and you know the and then thus the controls that we needed to uh, deploy to protect it, you know, changed as well. So that and that's the nuance, that unfortunately, is,
0: is missing in a lot of discussions uh, at the present. Um, that, that's a really interesting one. And, and the question that, that sort of I go straight to is, well, sort of what, what's the playbook or the standard here? I mean, surely, and you, you mentioned in your introduction, um, you know, security by design, and, you know, we, we, we've often heard the idea of privacy by design and things like that. Um, wh- what's the rule book? Where are the standards? Do they exist? Are we using them? Uh, are we doing a good job at using them? Um, can you paint a bit of a landscape on... Uh, the availability of good guidance to sort of, you know, follow a process of, you know, cyber strategy. And then, of course, um, dare I say it, when an organization engages or procures with technology and devices and and networks, um, you know, is it sort of, um, is it buyer beware? Do we have sort of you know, nice little product statement on the box that says you'll be fine. You know, security security on board already. Um, give me a sense of sort of uh, the level of awareness and process and transparency and good guidance. Are we are, are we there? Are we not there? What what's happening? Yeah,
1: yeah. Look, there's a few things in there which I'll, I'll break down separately. So, in terms of the the guidance, I'll say I'll start general more broadly from a cybersecurity, cyber risk generally, and then I'll, I'll dovetail into the, the city's context. So in general, yes, we, we, are, uh, we do have a lot of good guidance, standards, uh, even compliance frameworks to follow, and a lot of them are industry-specific. Uh, uh, for instance, the power industry has one called C2M2 that's specific to power and energy. Uh, we also have NERC-SIP, uh, which is a US-based, uh, again, power, energy, so very specific to those uh, industry around critical infrastructure. We have, you know, financial services, credit card, um, you know, PCI, the payment card industry standard, et cetera. So there's a lot of them. And then there's the more generic uh, general ones like the ISO 27001 slash 27002. And so we have a lot of these, even the Australian government uh, have one called the the Information Security Manual. And the Australian government through the Australian Cybersecurity Center do a lot of good work. And you may have heard their, you know, their top four controls or their elite eight type uh, controls. There's a lot of I don't think we lack uh, guidance. I think what we do lack, though, is so we uh, the we we have the why to do it. So why we need cybersecurity, Yes, I think we've, we we're doing well in terms of guidance. How do we do it? Yes, I think we're getting better, and and as we mature, I think we get a lot more of that space. Apra have, uh, which is the uh, regulatory body for banks, etc., have just released a standard for. Uh, you know, age, uh, sorry, organizations that they regulate. So another yet uh, framework to follow. So the how to do it, we also now, I, I think we can safely say tick. Now, where we are, I guess, at this stage, I think is how, uh, sorry, what to do. So you know why we need to do it, you know how in terms of the guidance. Now, how do, what do we prioritize and in what order, um, you know, and, how, and the budgets for it, et cetera. I think that's where we're down to at the moment. Uh, and now in the city's context, we can use a lot of those broad sort of frameworks or even specific ones around, um, you know, critical infrastructure or financials, you know, to, to sort of make it relevant to the city's context for the individual components of a, of a city. What we don't have yet, though, is a very sort of are working on it, is a specific smart cities cybersecurity guidance or a, uh, or a framework. Now, as I said, NIST is working on one, the, the National Institute of Science and Technology in the U.S., are mm-hmm. uh, working on one specifically for, uh, for smart cities and for IoT, which will have, you know, be a great sort of guidance at the moment, what we 're doing as a profession is we 're sort of taking a bits from here, taking bits from there, and then you know, this is good enough for, uh, for a city's sort of uh, context. Which I think at the moment if you, I think at the moment if you put it into the context of where we are in Australia, we, we're seeing a few a number of pilots starting, but we 're not seeing any sort of mass uh, smart infrastructure, IOT projects in the city's context at the moment. So I think that's, you know, where we're at is, is, is okay. But looking, you know, three to five years into the future, I think we'll
0: start to need more of that specific guidance around the city's context. Yeah, sure. Uh, So, you know, early days still, that's, um, that's sort of my interpretation there. Um, so let's talk about cities and, you know, cities and, you know, that level of government, um, or indeed, you know, regional, regional government, um, you know, the, the role, the purpose, the responsibilities of government, you know, helping provide services, um, strong interaction with the community. Let's let's pivot, Lani, um, and tell me about the sort of the linkage and the the relevant uh, connection between um, uh, cyber and and cyber risk and cyber security uh, and trust with the community. You know, how do we... Um, yeah. How, how do we... Uh, You know, it's often a a very sort of negative area of discussion that's always, you know, every time I see, not every time, but a lot of the time when I see sort of like a a cyber risk kind of uh, article or report or, or a blog or an advertisement, you know, there is visually a picture of the skull and crossbones. You know what I mean? So there's this, yeah. there's this yeah. reinforcing message that this is bad. You, you know, you, you need to sort of be mm-hmm. vigilant, which, which of course is true and correct. But, um, the poor old community out there, I mean, they, they don't get to see a lot of optimism around this, uh, this sort of conversation and agenda talk to me about that, that trust and, and risk and, and cities and communities.
1: Look, and, and that's a great topic, and and one that's actually you know sort of changed uh, recently, and I'll, I'll explain why. I, I think in the early days of when we were talking smart, let's call it smart cities uh, in the context, uh, there was a lot of um, hope, and there was a lot of um, you know uh, good good media, good press around uh, what technology, done the right way, could could do for citizens. Um, you know, even to the stage where we could look to start to tackle some of societal issues uh, through the, uh, the use of technology. And, and I've noticed recently in the last 18 months, maybe two years, the tide start to turn in terms of that trust uh, where articles, as you said, uh, most of them, what I read these days are, you know, I would, I would say, um, I would class them as FUD, you know, fear, uncertainty, doubt around, uh, you know, beware this, um, you know, large. And I, and I think, and again, put, putting my, you know, sort of city's hat on, I would say a large of it, a, a large part of that, is a lot of it a sort of a counterculture sort of response to, to big business, big corporate, big government uh, type? And we've seen it, you know, globally. You know, you look at Brexit, um, you know, the, um, the uh, election of Donald Trump, etc. A bit of that counterculture, and I think that that's the broad sort of landscape. But we have seen—I uh, won't say a lot—we have seen a few instances in the city's context, and, and you will know the the Sidewalk Labs, uh, the Google one, particularly in, well in in Canada, around. I guess a lack of or less than stellar transparency in terms of what you're doing with the the citizens of data uh, sorry the data of citizens and once you lose that trust once the citizen or group or whatever lose that trust in the organization or the council, then it really erodes the the benefits that the project or the benefits that the technology will provide and and a and a great use case again is we lump it under privacy but it's if you traditionally privacy, if you are seeking to use a person's data in a certain manner, the supplier will usually seek what we call consent. So the user, I will say, yes, uh, Mr. Supplier, you can use my data for this purposes. Now, traditionally in the privacy context, if I change the need, the, the use case for that data, if I'm looking to, to share it to a third party, or if I'm looking to um, use it for another service that I provide internally, I usually will need to go out and, and gain reconsent, gain consent again to be used in that context. Now, you talk to organisations that work in the city's context, and they'll tell you, well, that's that's very onerous, uh, and you know that will actually defeat the purpose of trying to provide you know good outcomes to our citizens if we have to keep back, you know, going back seeking consent, and it will, we will have to create this really onerous bureaucratic sort of process around uh, doing that. So it's that real, I, I guess, tenuous. Um, tension between the ability to deliver services for providing good outcomes to citizens quickly uh, in a more agile function versus not losing that trust by, you know, not using that data or using that data in a responsible manner.
0: I, um, again, in, in, in prep for this session, Lani, I was sort of reflecting back on some articles that I'd bookmarked last year uh, and I was, for, for better or worse, I was um, – amassing a little library of, I suppose, what I was classifying in my own little sort of world here as real alarmist-type articles around smart mm-hmm. cities. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, you know, an article comes out where, and, and, you know, you mentioned it with the Sidewalk Labs project in, in Toronto and in Canada, um, you know, one of the board members resigns around fear of their, you know, process around privacy and data and things like that. And, you know, the the headline of the article is, um, you know, nail in the coffin for smart cities of the future. You know what I mean? So I I was sort of assembling, you know, these sort of um, articles. And I sort of, um, I I just took a a deep breath for a moment and and tried to put this in the context of myself as an individual, as a citizen, um, you know, risk and security and data and privacy and things like that. And I thought to myself, you know, at least four times a week, I step onto a plane which sends me up 40,000 feet into the air, you know, at at breakneck speed. Uh, And I don't batter an eyelid when I walk on that plane. Right. Um, You know, those tubes of metal, you know, propelling people, you know, in places (laughs) and at heights where humans shouldn't go. Uh, But I I don't even batter batter an eyelid. And then I thought to myself, you know, in in my back pocket, I've got a couple of credit cards, you know, what is it, 18 numbers, um, a thin piece of plastic, and I wave that thing around every day without really, it, you know, I worry about what's happening, you know, tap here, tap there. Mm-hmm. So um, it's interesting when I engage with people around, you know, risk and cyber and security and privacy, you know, when I when I sort of get into these professional sort of battling conversations where, oh, the smart cities is going to be the death of us, you can't do it, it's... it's you know, there's all these risks, and I think to myself, well, I jump in a plane four times a week, I've got this piece of plastic, yeah. by, I fly around, and and generally speaking, I, I don't have a second thought about it. Um, how much of this conversation do you think we're really managing well versus, you know, we're really struggling to sort of, you know, take a deep breath, bring some rigour to it, bring some structure to it? A- again, that was why I asked the question. I mean, sometimes I read I read sort of things and it's like, it's almost like, well, we just don't know what we're doing here. We don't know how to do it. There's no guidance. Mm. But from our conversation, you know, there's some very good guidance. Yes, we need to execute a lot better. But talk to me about the, the, the messaging, the dialogue. Um, and yeah. as, as grown-ups, how are we, and, and just sort of in the region here in Australia and New Zealand, you know, what, what's sort of your scorecard on on as an industry, how, how we're sort of advancing this, this dialogue around this very important issue mm-hmm. in a way that, yeah. um, is, is I suppose constructive.
1: Yeah. Look, and, and, and what I will say, look, and I've read the, those articles that you've uh, mentioned and, and I think as you read them, there is like an, an, almost an ideological flavor to them. So I will say that that's probably as, as much as there are alarmists and there are, is a bit of an ideological flavor to them. So that's probably as much as I'll say on that, but you're right. I mean, and the conversation is, is um, is emerging and it's maturing. As we said earlier, it's very early stages yes in terms of the smart cities movement and even even when you look at IoT and that kind of infrastructure. And and so I think the messaging around it uh, as you you probably know much better than I do initially started a lot with that um, you know very heavy tech sort of uh, flavor even in the in the cybersecurity aspect. You know you talk to you talk about smart cities and and even in the cyber context the first thing you jump to is you start talking to controls, you know firewalls, technologies etc. Um, and then what I found is a lot of people, even as I engaged um, you know senior executives within cities and councils uh, and even some citizens, you know they they immediately shut when you start talking deep heavy tech straight away, they immediately sort of shut off you know oh that's a that's a tech issue doesn't have anything to do with me doesn't have you know won't benefit me et cetera. Whereas you, you communicate it in terms of, um, usually we call it uh, business outcomes or but citizen outcomes, how it's going to make their lives better, how it's going to improve services that the councils and the cities provide. Um, it is a, it's a lot better understood and a lot better um, you know, uh, accepted. Of course, you've got to present the, uh, the risks, and there are risks. There are risks of you know, unintended breaches or unintended um, uh, use of data. And we see that all the time, you know, across the different uh, use cases. And there's also, unfortunately, um, the risk of, you know, nefar- nefarious third parties uh, getting access to that data or or even internal people doing, you know, uh, things they shouldn't do with uh, data. But I think in terms of the actual, the way we communicate it, we, we have to have it in that uh, risk discussion. Present it to, to people in terms of the benefits versus, and yes, there are potential pitfalls because, as you said, we, we make these uh, risk management decisions on our own personal safety, on our own safety for our money at every single day. But I think we're used to it because, you know, planes have been flying for what, nearly a hundred years, mm. you know, cars even, you know, even longer, et cetera. And, and I think a lot of that comes to this. We are very early, you know, uh, stage uh, into it, right? In the city's context. The other thing I'd note too is that a, a lot of the naysayers in that, um, you know, sort of miss the fact that, Things, you know, challenges like uh, what cities, smart cities are looking to solve in terms of urbanization. Urbanization is going to happen whether we, you know, really do the smart cities thing well or not, right? Mm. And the, the outcome, uh, if we don't do it and if we don't adopt it and we don't engage in it, the outcome will be chaotic megacities that we're going to have in, you know, 30 to 50 years time. Or we can do it as, as well as we possibly can. You know, have the discussion as uh, uh, as well as we can. Present risks. Present you know opportunities, etc. Um, yeah, because it, a lot of the stuff is going to happen
0: whether we like it or not. Yeah, I, I'm I'm quietly fist pumping here with you, Lani, which <laughs> which um, which is great. I um I, I just want to sort of turn now to some final questions. Um, I think what I'm going to have to do is is obviously line up some some future conversations with you to, to deep dive in some other areas cause we could keep going. But I wanted to, um, uh, I wanted to sort of start drawing to a, to a close here. Um, yes, you know, it's early days and I, I agree with you and, you know, we've got some emerging use cases and, and things like that. Um, just probably more of a personal slash professional question. How, I mean, my day job is smart cities and just trying to keep up mm-hmm. with what's happening and, um, what's evolving, you know, I feel every morning when I wake up, there's 3,000 new solutions on the market and that's probably an understatement. How do you as a practitioner in this area keep up with this? You know, how do you, how do you keep across it? How do you sort of try and keep an eye on the horizon as well in terms of what's coming? Because what mm. used to what, what used you know, the future used to be kind of, I don't know, 10 years away and I feel like that 10 years, you know, is now like 12 months. I mean, just the compressed... The, the the level of change is is extraordinary. How, how do you keep up with this? How do you keep across it? How do you, you know, maintain some sense of you know forward thinking?
1: Look, I'm I'm, I'm very fortunate that um, uh, like you, I, I as part of my day job, cyber is, is something that I do day in day out. In a city's context, uh, un, you know, obviously not not as much uh, heavily involved as you are, but. My customers will bring, you know, this to me, and I'm working uh, in this field day and day out. So a lot of it is is, is sort of is, is happening already, but um, you know, to, to give a plug to you, the uh, the Smart Cities Council uh, newsletter. That's one of the the things that I have sent to me, and I read, you know, religiously in terms of what's happening in the city's context, technology, IoT, smart infrastructure around the uh, the globe, and um, I, I attend. You know, and conferences when they're uh, they're on the the uh, Smart Cities Week that uh, Smart Cities Council hosted last year was a was an excellent um, uh, event and uh, webinars. So yeah, you i I did, I do dedicate a lot of my time each week to uh, you know around pers- awareness of what's happening in the industry technologies. I mean, the the latest one that I'm I'm really sort of getting into, and we're looking to start modelling and and seeing if we can use it within the um, within Deloitte as a service is um, the whole concept of digital twins in smart cities. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, digital twins is not a new concept. Uh, We've been doing it uh, in the energy, uh, you know, particularly uh, sector for, you know, a number of years. But now extrapolating that out into the city's context is, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I came across that three or four months ago and now trying to get my head around it and the complexity of it. Um, Yeah, so, and new things will pop up uh, all the time, just like things like uh, privacy in the city's context has really reared its head over the last uh, 12 months. Um, surprisingly, you know, previously we, we hadn't really sort of given it much uh, much thought, but ever since uh, the European GDPR, the, the uh, General Data Protection Regulation came out, um, you know, that privacy, particularly in that city's context, has all of a sudden become very, very topical.
0: Yes, So indeed. a lot of
1: it, uh, you know, it's hard to sort of uh, answer the question quickly a lot of it is driven by customers, which is great. And then, you know, a lot of it I've got to go out there and, and,
0: and sort of spend time each week finding out about Well, um, that, that on its own could be a full-time job. <laughs> and, um, yes. uh, I'm, yes. I'm, 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 sort of with you on those, on those similar approaches as well. Um, so Lani, final, question. Um, you know, on, on, on this issue of cybersecurity and, and cyber risk, um, May, may seem an odd question for you, but what are you most excited about around this issue for 2019? What can you share with us?
1: Yeah, that's a really good, um, a really good question. I, I, I guess what I'm, what I'm excited about is I, I, I feel that in the city's context, um, I feel that the, the awareness piece at the highest levels that you know when you're talking mayors, when you're talking you know ministers, etc around the need for uh, cyber risk and cyber security within the city's context, I think is, is well known. And I think we've gotten a lot of um, uh, adoption, particularly at those most senior levels and, you know, senior executives like you get it, you know, the importance of it. You may not have the, the, the subject matter expertise, but you get it and you'll, you'll engage, you know, experts as you go. So I'm excited about uh, what comes next. Cause generally if you're looking at, um, you know, I'll put my, psychology hat on, if you're looking at change and transformation, it all it usually starts with awareness, right? So, and again, there's a, you know, enough awareness in a system to begin momentum to make a change. And I think we're getting, either we're almost there or we're getting it for cyber within the city's context. So I'm really excited as to what comes next. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's not, we've got to go out and procure these, these solutions or these consulting services. I'm hoping that turns into a lot more of, okay, what do we what do we do in terms of educating our citizens? What do we do in terms of educating our uh, executives or elected officials? Uh, because I believe out, out of that process, awareness process, uh, education process, then comes better policy, then comes a better, ultimately better, uh, better solution. So that's really what I'm excited about in terms of what's now next. We've, we've got this awareness and we've got this sort of desire to do something. Uh, what What's next?
0: Well, Lani, I, um, I- I'm just making a note here I, I certainly want to bring you back probably um you know in about six months if not 12 months uh ask a couple of these questions again because I'm, I'm fascinated to see sort of you know where we where we go over the next little while um but look for now and i'm, and I'm really and i'm really hoping that uh, that we won't be having the same conversation i'm, ho- I'm
1: <laughs> hoping there will be you know i'll be saying yeah we've done these great things but yeah we'll, we'll i'd love to love to come back
0: Absolutely. Um, we, we need to draw things to a, to a close now. So, um, uh, Lani, thanks so much for, for joining us.
1: You're welcome, Adam. Thank you. And thank you, Smart Cities uh, Council ANZ, for the, uh, the invite.
0: Um, so, for our listeners, um, that's, uh, that's been our, our wrap on our first uh, quick take episode um, with, uh, with Lani Rafidi, uh, a partner at Deloitte in, here in Asia-Pacific. Um, just a reminder for our listeners, um, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes and SoundCloud and Spotify. Um, hopefully, there's some, uh, there's some exciting things in the, in the backlog there for our, our new listeners. Uh, but for now, um, signing off on our first Quick Take episode with, with Lani, uh, looking forward to bringing you all some future uh, episodes, not only around the issues that I've been discussing with Lani today around uh, cyber and security and privacy and risk and all those good things, um, but also a whole range of other uh, exciting topics, uh, again, focused around Smart Cities action and investment. Uh, Until next episode, keep well and look forward to uh, meeting you again shortly at the Smart Cities Chronicles. This has been Adam Beck and thanks for listening in.